Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. The Rudy Giuliani Show. Good afternoon, and on a very, very uh, solemn day, I would say, for America, a day that will, I don't want to use the, the terminology of Franklin Roosevelt about an attack on America, but a day that will live in shame for our justice system. A former president of the United States, for the first time ever, was brought into court and charged with a concocted, made-up crime, a a crime that it takes all the stretching and imagination of a uh, halfwit to to contemplate. Uh, uh, There was some talk that uh, there might be something new in the indictment. I haven't seen it, but from what I can hear, it's the same old garbage. It's all seven years old. It is 34 counts, but, you know, I know the prosecutor's game better than anybody maybe in America. I certainly did it better than anybody in the last hundred years. And uh, this 34 counts is uh, just a cheap example of why, uh, of, of why he has to uh, uh, do this because he has no case. It's the, same pay- it's the same payment except it was allegedly paid out in installments over a one-year period. So each one of them becomes a separate count. It's the same $130,000 divided into 20-something payments or whatever. And then uh, there's the McDougal payment also. Uh, in, 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 in both cases, and we're talking about seven years ago, the crime that uh, they're trying to fit, and they're trying to fit a, uh, a square peg into a round hole, or a, uh, a, a round ball into a square <laughs> opening, like my, like my granddaughter Grace was doing on Sunday, uh, because uh, the, the, the crime, the misdemeanor crime, is questionable to start with, even though it's clearly barred by the statute of limitations. That was over seven years ago. The crime is not uh, the payment of uh, the money. That's not a crime. The crime is uh, the failure to uh, list it correctly in the books of the company. Well, we have no idea if he entered it in the books of the company. In fact, that's so important that the statute of limitations begins to run at the time that it is entered in the books. So that's the key actus reus. That's a legal term from common law. Uh, crime is is divided into actus reus and mens rea. I doubt that most of the morons that presently practice law uh, that I hear on television would know that. Uh, I shouldn't say that. There are an awful lot of great people like Charlie and uh, and Dershowitz, who's my good friend, and 
I'm talking about the idiots who brought this indictment. God, they should give my, my, the judge I clerked for when a lawyer was an idiot, and believe me, there are a lot of lawyer idiots, used to say to them, uh, uh, you know, Mr. Mr. Bragg, where'd you go to law school? Uh, I don't know, did you go to Harvard or Yale or something? I went to Harvard. He said, you know, you really should get your money back. You really didn't learn very much. Uh, well, anybody who put this indictment together didn't go to law school because uh, it's an entry crime, entering the records. I don't know there's any proof that Trump entered anything into the records. I'd be shocked, knowing him for 34 years, that he sat there and entered this into the books of the company or gave a specific order as to how it should be entered. Any, in any event, that's completely irrelevant. Uh, it just means a crime was never committed because the crime is barred by the statute of limitations. No one doubts that. That's not even an issue. So he gets around the statute of limitations because he can attach it to a second crime, uh, 175.10 of the New York Penal Code. 175.10 makes it a felony if you commit that crime, entry of a record uh, that's false, uh, with intent uh, to, to commit or to further another crime. And the other crime is a false uh, or is a um, illegal campaign contribution federal campaign contribution, a violation of the federal campaign finance law. Now you've got real trouble. First of all, I'm not sure the statute of limitation hasn't run on that either. You're going to have to credit lots of what they call tolling of the statute or exceptions because it is beyond, well over a year beyond the statute of limitations. But second, even if you do, you're going to have to, you're going to, have to deal with the fact that uh, most authorities believe that such an act is not a violation of the campaign finance law because the payment uh, could clearly be, and, and there's plenty of testimony, uh, for a personal reason uh, as well as a, a political reason, and a personal reason uh, makes it not a campaign contribution, particularly if the personal reason is to protect your reputation and to protect your wife and to protect your child, which is exactly the defense that John Edwards used successfully and exactly the subject of law review articles and papers written by commissioners of the Federal Election Commission saying it is not a crime. Even if it uh, could argue, be argued that, you know, that interpretation is all wrong and they're going to accept some new novel interpretation, uh, of the law and by the interpretation that's been rejected by the commissioners and by most legal scholars that it is a campaign contribution, you're going to have to deal with the fact that um, the federal government already declined to prosecute what you as a state prosecutor are now using as the basis uh, to indict the first president of the United States ever. That's not overreaching. It's a federal law. And finally, for the life of me, I don't know where he gets the authority to interpret and uh, make decisions about interpretations of federal. He's a state prosecutor. He doesn't have, have authority to, to, to determine if something is or is not and therefore charge it as a violation of uh, federal law. It's beyond his jurisdiction. It's beyond the jurisdiction of the New York State Court.
It's beyond the jurisdiction of New York State. They're clearly, when they're talking about a felony, they have to be talking about a felony that's, that's, that, that exists. I was going to say cognizable because that's what I would say in court, but I'm trying to – but uh, if clearly they're talking about a, a, a felony that's a, a felony in the state of New York, not a federal felony. This guy did not get elevated to being a federal prosecutor, nor did the judge become a federal judge, nor did the New York courts get turned into federal courts. So I don't know how it doesn't get thrown out completely as for lack of jurisdiction. He can't charge this. I don't know. I could go on and on. We could talk about prosecutorial uh, misconduct, the leaks from the grand jury. We could talk about selective prosecution. And then we could just talk about decency. Just plain decency. What's the point of this? What is the point of this? We want to to, uh, evaluate this on a moral basis, get beyond all the technicalities which throw the case out. Uh, this, this, This act requires doing this to the country, Bragg? You, you, don't, prosecute, you don't prosecute people who shoot people. You, you tried to prosecute a man and put him in jail for 30 years who was defending himself. And if it wasn't the fact that everybody started yelling at you and you got scared, you would have done it. Just like you never would have gone, this, gone with this case if they hadn't started yelling. You had already decided not to go with it. Then your uh, assistant who quit on you, who's a lot tougher than you are, scared the living daylights out of you. Your pants probably got wet when you read his book, and you changed your mind about it. I mean, you don't prosecute people, and now all of a sudden, you're, all you do is take uh, uh, cases the cops bring in as felonies, and 52% of the time, you drop them down in misdemeanors. People, probably somebody today is going to get whacked in New York City with somebody you let out of jail, unjustly, unfairly, against the law. You, you uniformly refuse to enforce the laws as they're written, which means you consistently violate your oath of office. You're a much bigger criminal than any of these people we're talking about, any of these political people we're talking about. And not only that, it leads to much worse consequences. It leads to people being thrown on subway tracks, people being banged in the head, autistic kids being beaten, to, beaten almost to death, and occasionally even a murder. You're a complete menace to the city of New York. You will go down in history as a a DA who was uh, a traitor to his office and led to uh, death destruction of New York and New Yorkers. You're a major contributor to the major decline in New York. And you're one of the reasons that people all over the country don't come because they know about you. They know that you're a traitor of a prosecutor. They know that you like criminals to the extent that you let them out of jail left and right. And they know that you got paid to do it by, uh, got paid off to do it with major contributions from a man who has an extraordinarily warped view of the world, who put 50 or 60 of you in major cities and has accomplished what he wanted. He's destroying those cities. The cities are setting records for murder. And I don't know if it bothers you, but the majority of those murders are of African-Americans. 
and a very large extent young ones, who are being slaughtered by the irresponsible, illegal failure to uphold your oath of office nationwide, in which uh, Soros invested anywhere from 40 to $60 million. Why Soros wants to do it to this country is being asked all over television. I know the answer to it. I'm not even going to give you the psychological profile, which if you do just a teeny bit of research, you can figure out why he's such a disturbed individual. The man uh, hates American nationalism. He wants to destroy American nationalism. Uh, Burning the flag, kneeling down, throwing the national anthem, take down the statue of heroes, change the history of America, emphasize everything bad about it, and then add lies to that. Ignore everything good about it. And then you can end up with the Klaus Schwab, Obama, one world. Oh, which also was the goal of Karl Marx, just so we add. And it it works out nice, really, uh, very, very well for China that is moving to be the primary country in that world, assisted by their agent in the United States, Joe Biden, who has been paid unseemly, disgusting amounts of money by Chinese communists. Uh, Recently, $31 million to the Biden crime family. And the guy, the guy who stands against that is the guy that you just framed, Donald Trump. We'll be back with this horrid story and continue it in just a few minutes. The former mayor of New York City, Rudy Giuliani. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is Rudy Giuliani back with the Rudy uh, Giuliani Show on a very sad day for America. A very sad day for New York City, really. You know, uh, one of the arguments being made in court that we are not uh, getting to listen to, and we'll find out about it. I'm not really complaining about that. I, I have mixed feelings about the idea of cameras and television and all that stuff in court. I really do. I'm not, sure, I'm not sure I know the right answer to it, but having tried, you know, many, many cases. Um, but uh, this gag order, I mean, is the judge going to impose a gag order? I think not. It, it, it would be easily reversed by an upper court. Uh, th- this is a presidential candidate. This is a case that's widely discussed, uh, Trump notwithstanding. It's also a case in which the prosecutor has deliberately committed crimes leaking information from the grand jury, which the judge, who seems to be very, very prejudiced against Trump, is going to slide over. A different judge might very well require an investigation of those leaks. I, would, I could think of federal judges, if it happened in my office, which would have, and when we did have leaks, that would happen. And we never, we never found one from my office. We did find some from the agencies that work with us and from defense lawyers. Uh, but uh, leaks from prosecutors' offices are not just, uh, oh, bad, bad, bad. They're crimes. They are felonies, and there's no question that Bragg's office has committed felonies. The question is, who did it, not was it done? But the judge will slide over that. 
because he seems to be uh, highly prejudiced. Uh, but I think it, he's going to make a fool out of himself if he enters the gag order, and I doubt that that will happen. The change of venue, that's probably what's taking the time. This is an extraordinarily long arraignment. Arraignments are usually about 10 to 20 minutes at most, even on a big case like this, because they waive a detailed reading of the indictment. You enter a plea of not guilty, and, and you're given certain rights, and in this case, he's going to be released on his own recognizance, so you're not going to have a big bail argument. So I imagine they're arguing the gag order, and they are arguing change of venue. Now, you've got to remember, uh, New York City may be the most democratic city in the country. I'm going to tell you something that surprises people, so I had to go back and look at the statistics. Do you know that New York City didn't even vote for Abraham Lincoln? In fact, he lost uh, Manhattan uh, by a landslide. He lost Manhattan with 65% of his time going to his opponent, and then two to one the second time. He lost every one of the existing boroughs of New York. I never did, actually. I always carried it. Even when I lost, I carried Staten Island and Queens. Staten Island voted against him. <laughs> it, wasn't a New York, it wasn't a Republican enclave, I guess, at the time. It became that. Uh, he cannot, I mean, by all objective criteria, the venue here should be changed. And I hear all of these uh, genius lawyers here, none of whom I remember really being particularly superb trial lawyers. I think I know who they are. I think I can tell you the 10 lawyers who'd be capable of cross-examining uh, Michael Cohen and ruining him, uh, but their names haven't been mentioned. Um, it's a skill that uh, you both have to have naturally, and you've got to work at it, being a great cross-examiner. Uh, many, many uh, trial lawyers are great at presenting witnesses. Well, we'll be back, and we'll take your calls. So, And then the final thoughts. Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Rudy Giuliani Show. We're taking calls at 1-800-848-9222 on a very, very somber, on a very somber day. Now, let me put this TV down, which doesn't seem to be cooperating with me. But now I just cooperate with me. I just put it off. So I was watching uh, the motorcade heading to, and I couldn't tell because I didn't get far enough so it's either going to turn off at 42nd Street and head to Trump Tower, or when it gets to 42nd Street, it's going to head up and go over the Robert F. Kennedy Bridge, otherwise known as the Triborough Bridge, and he's going to be off to Florida. My guess is, uh, after talking to him yesterday, when the sentiments that he had yesterday, he's heading to Florida. I am a little surprised that he didn't make a statement knowing him, right? Uh, as I do for for much longer than most people do, and having been his lawyer for three and a half years, I'm surprised he didn't. I'm glad, but I'm surprised he didn't make a statement. And I and people can say, "Oh, sugar, sugar." No, no. I I what I see on his face, what I see on his face is a president, very very concerned 
not just for himself, but for his country. You know, he doesn't have to be concerned for himself on this case. This case is bull, you know what. It's going to be dismissed. The courts of New York, uh, if this were a different DA, if this were a DA with just even a little bit of reputation or, but this is a rogue DA that only because of politics and the lack of guts they haven't thrown out of office a long time ago. Nobody put their neck out for him. Uh, and I don't care what he says. And, and, then, and, then, and then they come up with this Lonnie Davis jerk comes up with this. There's going to be plenty more in the indictment. There's nothing in the indictment. He, is, he just repeats the Don thing 34 times. It's the same two seven-year-old transactions. If, uh, if, the, if he doesn't have the jurisdiction to charge the federal of campaign violations, then the felony counts get dismissed because he's not a federal prosecutor. I can't see the judge is going to have to be a real Democratic. Uh, uh, he's going to have to love the Democratic Party better than the rule of law. Let's put it that way. Or they're going to have to have something on him if he doesn't dismiss it for that reason. Then if he doesn't want to dismiss it for that reason, he can dismiss, he can dismiss it for the reason that it's not a federal crime. Well, in, in, in any event, uh, you know, the fact the, the, the fact is that tonight, t- tonight, there will tonight uh, he will be speaking and um, will be on between nine, between eight and ten so that we can cover it live and answer your questions and possibly put a few people on who have detailed knowledge of what happened in court, because uh, unfortunately, you know, uh, we don't really have a good picture of what happened in court. We do, we do know what we need to know, which is the, um, there is nothing new in this piece of junk. Um, Professor Turley said earlier, and he's absolutely right, and so did Dershowitz, and, and so did I, and so did others, but Turley probably said it the most eloquently. Uh, the best test here is if there's nothing new in this, then this, this case is a travesty. And there's nothing new. It's the same. Uh, he paid money to Stormy Daniels for non-disclosure agreement, and the magazine paid money to McDougal to buy her story. Uh, is that a campaign contribution or not? Um, and uh, if it is, uh, which federal law says it isn't, then how the hell does he get jurisdiction to prosecute it since it's a federal crime, not a state crime? You might even raise the issue. Um, Where's the evidence that he entered this uh, to justify the misdemeanor count? Also, the misdemeanor count uh, has a requirement of intent to defraud, and the law in New York is split right now as to what the definition of intent to defraud is. And if it needs a pecuniary motive, which many cases say it does, some say not, it would be dismissed on that ground too. But I'm getting too technical and way too lawyer, uh, what do you call it, lawyerly. Or lawyer like, or I'd like to go to Alex and if he's still on, Alex. Who's, are you in California, Alex? Yes, I am. Oh, good. Uh, so okay. I, I listen on the internet because out here in uh, the San Francisco Bay Area, there are basically no uh, moderate or conservative uh, talk show uh, news radio stations. Uh, they are all uh, far left wing progressives. So I have to go to New York City to listen to the, what I want to hear. 
Well, thank you, thank you, thank thank you for listening to us. I I, I do appreciate it, and and I feel like we then. You know, John Castamitidis and our entire crew feels like we make some contribution to the First Amendment. I wanted to answer your rhetorical question about what the point of the indictment is. Uh, the point of the indictment is that Alvin Bragg hates the policies that Trump had pursued when he was a president. And one policy that he did was was to try to curtail or end affirmative action of quotas. And he succeeded at doing that, ending affirmative action at the medical school in Texas Tech. And that essentially eliminated discrimination against Americans of European or Asian ancestry. So Alvin Bragg is basically trying to get even. That's that's what's driving his ferocity against Mr. Trump. I, I, I think you, I think you're very, you put your finger on you put your finger on it. Absolutely, not, not nice and succinctly. I think you know people keep asking why is he doing this? Why is he doing this? He, uh, I mean, Soros. I mean, there's no one person behind this. But if there is one person that's orchestrated this more than anyone else. Going back to 2016, 15, it's Soros. I mean, that's when he started putting the DAs in. And that was a well-calculated plan to accomplish a lot of things, not only to bring Trump down, but, I mean, think of all those rioters that were freed. Not only that, they're now being given money for burning down buildings and destroying businesses, many, many businesses for minorities who were doing so well under Trump, not under Biden. Uh, those were Soros DAs that did that in Chicago, in St. Louis, in Philadelphia, in New York. I mean, they're, given, they're being given, these, these Antifa and Black Lives Matter people are being given millions of dollars for burning down buildings and beating the living daylights out of people and sending cops to, to hospital. Those are Soros DAs. The same Soros DA that is falsely charging Trump with a non-crime. This is no different than uh, the Russian collusion false allegation and frame-up paid for by Hillary Clinton. Let's go to Rob, our friend Rob uh, from Sea Caucus. He was at the courthouse. Uh, Trump has now left, and he's on his way to, I assume he's on his way to LaGuardia, back uh, to Mar-a-Lago, where he's going to speak tonight. Uh, as I said, you can get us on... You can, you can get us on Getter, you can get us on YouTube, you can get us on Facebook, Twitter. Um, I forgot a few. Maybe Rob will remember. Rob, are you there? Hi, Rudy. Yes, I am. Uh, so tell us, you were at the courthouse uh, with, with Trump. You know, did, did you see uh, our, our friend um, Ted? I'm worried about yeah, him. I, yeah, well, I'm here right now as we speak. I'm still here. I'm in the Starbucks across the way. Uh, <laughs> Charging up my transportation. I'm on one of those uh, unicycle, electric unicycles flying around Manhattan on that. Are you really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> You're a character. You really are. <laughs> You're a good man, Rob. Well, tell us, tell us, I mean, n n none of that violence happened, right? You know, that's why I wanted to call you. Yeah, it's, it's very peaceful. It, it kind of comports with a theory that I have, which is that the nutcases on the left that, that you know, perpetuate that kind of stuff. I think they're, they're done with it already. They, they've gotten more than they ever thought they could ever get in the first place with it. I think they're, you know, they're the campaign to, to manufacture riots in the streets, I you think it's over. You know, 100%. You know, on January 6th, I said, our people don't do this. And I really meant that. I mean, we, we had been through with Trump a year and a half of unbelievable rallies, bigger than any presidential candidate ever got. 
you know, 20,000, 30,000 uh, stuck in buildings that were meant for half. And we, we, we had one incident, and it was a crazy man who pretended to have a gun. That was it. And he, he did not get, he was sub subdued by the Secret Service, and he was taken out. And none of the Trump supporters beat him up or did anything like that. So when January 6th happened, I was pretty convinced, uh, yeah, some of them acted improperly and illegally, but somebody was stoking us. And I think they were afraid to do it now because it would be too easy to see outside. And the NYPD would pick it up in a minute. They would pick, up, pick it up in a minute. Uh, so I think they, they left it alone. They might still try, but I'm glad. And, and, and anything else that you saw out there? Oh, did we lose, Rob? Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, I just lost you for a second. I'm back. Go ahead. So anything else that you want to tell us about what you saw? Or? Yeah, no, it, incredibly peaceful. It, it reminds me of January 6th, minus the miscreants, basically. Yeah, yeah, you like the, the speech itself, where, where everybody, I mean, when I, when I left that speech and I left, you know, I, I left even before he said the peace, you know, go peacefully and patriotically. But I left a very uh, low key. It was a low key rally because everybody was freezing. Uh, so I'm glad. I'm glad that they. This might take a little. It might take. A, it might start getting people to start thinking differently about January six, because there's a lot of different thinking that's needed on January six. That that a lot of that's a fraud. So let's go to Eddie. Eddie lives in a place called Sound Beach. Is that right, Eddie? Rui, I'm out at my sister's house right now. I think you spent summers in Sound Beach, you didn't you? You're darn right I did. I spent at least six summers in Sound Beach at my grandmother's house right on the water, and it's still there. I went to see it about a year and a half ago, and it's almost falling into the Long Island Sound. <laughs> I loved it there. I got to tell you that I had a father like you. He was tough as nails, he had a sense of humor, and he had intellect. I met you on the sidewalk in front of St. Patrick's Cathedral, Bernard McGurk's uh, memorial, oh. and I met Andrew. And I got to tell the five million people out there that you're like a next-door neighbor, you're a nice guy, you're funny, you've got a big set of cojones. Like my dad. <laughs> <laughs> you know who used to say that? I wonder if he says it now. President Bush, 43. He used to always say it in front of people. He'd say, you know, President Bush, 43, can be, yeah, he's not dirty or anything, but he can be a little, he likes to shock you a little. And every time he would introduce me to somebody, he would say, this is Rudy Giuliani, you know, the former mayor, September 11. Boy, he's got a pair of. <laughs> That's what he used to say. He really does. So, you know, I tell you, I just, I had a, uh, an epiphany about George Soros. Um, tell me, tell me. Is. I mean, yeah, tell me, because this guy, I mean, it's worth spending time on him because, as I, as I said, no one single person is responsible for this, but it, his money is fueling a lot of this. I mean, he's the biggest contributor to the Dems, biggest contributor to Black Lives Matter, biggest contributor to Antifa, yeah. and all these DAs. So tell me. Hell doesn't want him, and he's not going to heaven, but I think we should be, you know, there, we, we look at people in history that just want to take over the world, Putin, Xi Jinping. Uh, I think we should put a, a Hitler mustache, mustache stamp on Soros. We should. He's one of these people. Well, you uh, know you'll be accused now of being anti-Semitic. 
Well, but he doesn't like Jews, and he's Jewish. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> That's true. He doesn't like. He's against Israel. Yeah. My physics professor in college, Doctor Johannes Geschwentner, tried to spell that name. He goes, "Man," he said to my friend Jeff, that was Jewish. Jeff Edelman. He goes, "Man, you're the nicest pain in the ass I've ever met." And, and, and the whole class flipped. He, he was right. You're right. He, well, he was right. He really was. You know. So, but no, you know, when, I, when when they accused me of being anti-Semitic, uh, when I attacked Soros, I said I'm a better Jew than he is. But they never asked a reason why. Someday I'll tell you. So thank you very, very much. And I, I, I appreciate that. And have fun in Sound Beach. I tell you, it's a beautiful, beautiful place. It's very, very high. It's, a, it's very hilly and it's very high above the Long Island Sound. So when you got up in the morning or you, you could see right across, on a, on a good day, you could see across to Connecticut. And I'm not kidding. You could see across to Connecticut. On, a, on most days, you couldn't. Absolutely. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and let's go to Rob in Westchester on the same on the same. Oh, oh he just hung up. OK, too bad, because that was on the same point. Let's go to uh, Max, my friend Max. Yes, Mr. Mayor, thank you for taking my call. Yeah, Max. Um, besides thinking that this is a real sham and a real shame that what they're doing to Trump, the media circus, I think, in part, this is some sort of smokescreen. And I say this because Lindsey Graham and others at Al are trying to push a bill in Congress right now called S-686, where they have every legal right to turn off your computer, turn off your cell phone, and turn off any home appliance. What? Yes. Please what, the look it up. what the hell is Lindsey Graham doing supporting it? I wish I could give you an answer on that. Um, the bill is called S like Sam or Senate. Eight six eight six six eight six. Okay, I'll take a look at it. And is it a? Is it a? It must be a Democrat-sponsored bill, but 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 uh, Lindsey's in on it, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, there are others, uh, others like him in there, other um, neocons and what what have you. But it sounds like it sounds like part of the major Biden administration plan to have access to our ba- uh, direct access to our bank accounts direct access to our personal records so we can really become, you know, fully communist. Uh, even worse than uh, the worst cases have been known. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure they could have done that in the Soviet Union if they could have gotten right. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. And I think our censorship could be worse. I mean, I, I see a lot of articles in China that, are, that criticize. And I see articles, I mean, they kill them, but I see articles in Russia that cr- criticize. I, I don't know. We, I think we have fewer. I mean, very often, very often, I'm I'm like one of only two or three people that cover covers something really important. I'll tell you what we don't do. We don't illustrate all the times that Biden fumbles, bumbles and demonstrates that he'd be um, he'd probably be in a second or third level uh, nursing home by now. I mean, yeah. uh, I mean, he, two or three times a day he's doing. Blah, 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 blah. And, you know, they have a they have a, a station in Australia that makes a fortune off that. Well, we've got to take a break, and when we come back, we are going to have the mayor's final thoughts. America's Mayor, Rudy Giuliani. Thank you very much uh, for returning uh, for the mayor's final thoughts, sponsored by Tunnel to Towers, T2T.org. 
the organization that's there for our men and women in uniform who lose their lives or or are seriously and catastrophically injured. They're there for the families of the fallen ones uh, to make sure that the mortgage on the home is paid and they're stable and know that there are people that have their back. And they're there for those who are catastrophically injured to try to put them in a situation where they have a smart home, a home where they can have the maximum amount of independence. Can you do anything better than that for 11 bucks a month? Come on. Please, the more we get, the more people we can help, okay? Frank Siller and the Siller family, thanks you. So my final thoughts today are about my country, not just about my friend and a man who I thought was an exceptional president in the short time that he had and under the conditions that he was put under, being pursued for a crime he didn't commit throughout almost all of his presidency which they continue to do now. And I don't understand how you continue, those of you who do, to continue to believe these people. I mean, last night I was on a, on a show with Dan Abrams, and I, I thought Dan was very, quite fair. I mean, there's not a complaint at all, but he asked me a question uh, and uh, about one, one of the subsidiary matters, and I said, I don't know, Dan, why you keep asking me this. I've been proven right on everything I said that I was attacked for. Now, I don't want to go through it, and I will at some point. I mean, Trump loves to say that when he sees me. He, is, he says to people, Rudy's been right on everything. I guess the most dramatic one is the uh, hard drive, which Bob Costello, now uh, quite a bit more famous than he used to be, but Bob Costello, my lawyer, and I got from John MacIsaacs, not from the Russians, and put out only to uh, have everything done to destroy our careers. Uh, no, notice that the lawyer who is uh, now going to represent Trump, how to leave his law firm. That's disgraceful. That's, that is another indication of how our country is falling apart. The values of our country are being destroyed. The value of uh, representation by counsel. It was destroyed the day they walked into Michael Cohen's office and searched his, law, his lawyer's office. Even if the guy was whatever he was, you don't search a lawyer's office. It was destroyed the day they walked into my office and searched it and searched my home only to write me a letter two years later saying I committed no crime, but no apology for doing that. No compensation for the damage they did to me in my legal career. Uh, and now this. I was interviewed by several foreign uh, journalists over the last two days, and I'll tell you, left and right do not understand what we're doing. Uh, the Russian collusion case, for the extent of time that it existed, was at least had something to it. This is a piece of garbage, right on the face of it. The guy Bing is a bigger piece of garbage. So let's listen to his press conference. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.